Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, this is Rick Peterson, former Mets pitching coach, former pitching coach of the Oakland A's Moneyball era. Welcome to Jake Brown's show. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Spotify as well. A lot to get into. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July week. A rare week off. Only the second week off in the Jake Brown Show history. Uh, Brown and Scoop, I don't know if we ever had a week off because we were pre-recording interviews up the wazoo for that show. So... Rare days off, but a good time off. Time to refresh and a lot, a lot to get into from NBA free agency to the Knicks continued debacle in the front office to the Nets really showing us that they're the intelligent team in town right now with Sean Marks. Uh, The home run derby is tonight. Two Yankees in it in Judge and Sanchez. Don't forget about Justin Bauer in case you want to see him. Bauer hour as they'll call it, um, the the hometown guy along with Stan. Uh, and I'll tell you, All-Star Week, don't really care that much. I just, it's nothing, it's lost its luster, everyone knows. But this year, I really just don't care. And now, the All-Star Game doesn't matter again, which is smart in terms of the winner of a meaningless game should never determine home field. It should be the better record as it is in the NBA, as it is in every other sport. A meaningless game with players in a popularity contest should not count for a team getting an extra home game when it matters most in October and now into November. So on that side, it's great. But the other side, like I might, go, I might not even watch the All-Star game tomorrow. I might watch the Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby tonight will feature Giancarlo Stanton, who has 23 homers on the year. It will feature Aaron Judge, who has 29. Cody Bellinger, who has 24. Mike Moustakis, who has 25. Miguel Sano, who has 20. Charlie Blackman of the Rockies, who has 18. Justin Bauer, who has 19, which is clearly just hometown favorite. And Gary Sanchez, who is 13. Why Gary Sanchez is in it, don't ask me. It doesn't make sense. You have Judge in there. Spread it out. Show some love to some other teams here. You got two Marlins and two Yankees. Can you do better? And I think it's lost a lot of its luster because so many guys don't really care about showing up. There's so many guys now that they've added that extra day off on Thursday where teams don't play till Friday who say, why not take a four-day vacation here and rest up my body for the second half? The Mets will sure be glad to do that. They're only sending Michael Conforto, who's coming off the DL now, to the All-Star game. The rest of the roster should hit the Bahamas and just take a vacation at this point. 
It's teams trying to recharge for a second-half push. But this week just isn't what it used to be. I'm not that I'm not that pumped, honestly. I mean, I remember in 2008 at Yankee Stadium, I paid $700 for a ticket to the All-Star game. Using that bar mitzvah money. <laughs> 2007, $700. Now the Miami Marlins can't even sell out the ballpark for the All-Star game. There's tickets available online for 250-300. Now, obviously the Marlins can't sell out a game. They can't sell out an All-Star game. Hell, you could put a bikini models out there playing in an All-Star game. They wouldn't sell that out. You could have Donald Trump speak. They definitely won't sell that out. Put Bill Clinton out there. They won't sell that out. I mean, that stadium can't sell out a goddamn thing. But a reason why, too, is just I think it's not just me. I just don't think people care. It's whatever. All-Star game. Cool. That's it. There's more people who care right now about, you could call it Summer League. I'm going to call it Lonzo League. Because that guy is just lighting up. Holly. I mean, the Summer League, they were packed for that game. People were giving him a standing ovation. He puts out a clunker in the first game, and then the next night puts up a triple-double. We'll talk about that. But All-Star game for me is just whatever. Something that's not whatever, though. Something that just just riles you up. That really gets you frustrated if you're in the greatest city in the world, New York City. It's the New York Knicks debacle that's going on right now. The Knicks debacle continues in what has been a tumultuous offseason just a couple of weeks in. Ex-Cavs GM David Griffin has removed himself from the Knicks GM opening. Why? The two sides couldn't agree on a proper role for the franchise. The Knicks didn't want to give Griffin the same David Griffin, the same GM that helped put together a roster that took the Cavaliers to the NBA Finals three straight times with their first championship in between. They wouldn't give that David Griffin the keys to the car to run the organization that is in disarray. Steve Mills and company didn't want to bring in Griffin to bring his own front office in and his own staff. Why? The staff now ain't working. But no, 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 no. The New York Knicks don't want any part of a championship caliber staff. Instead, the Knicks will stumble into ineptitude year after year. Even with Phil Jackson tweeting out his kicked back feet at a Montana lake house. The Knicks don't have a GM right now. And they just signed their former guard, Tim Hardaway Jr., that they traded away a couple of years ago. Back to the team. And they sign up for what? A ludicrous four-year, $71 million deal. That's more than $20 million than his dad made in his entire NBA career. In one contract, Junior is making $21 million more than Senior. And he was a hell of a player, I might add. And now the talks continue of a potential Carmelo Anthony trade to the Houston Rockets to form another, another one, another NBA super team. 
alongside his pals CP3 and James Harden, who is now chilling with Bill Bill Gates and Warren Buffett as one of the richest men in America in a deal that we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, in a potential deal, who will the Knicks get back in return? Does it even matter at this point? It's time to keep the expectations extremely low, Knicks fans, because the future looks pretty bleak at the world's most famous arena. I'm sure James Dolan and his has it. I'm sure James Dolan has his his eyes on the prize. I can't even speak of the Knicks arrival now. I'm sure James Dolan has his eyes on the prize, though. His next high prize kazoo to play for JD and the straight shot in front of a sold-out crowd of 42 people at the City Winery. The only winery Knicks fans will be in next season will be the ones where they drink away their sorrows for, for rooting for an embarrassingly run franchise. For a passionate fan base that is craving a title more than a high Harold and Kumar, Kumar at White Castle for a Crave case. The search for a new GM, a mellow suitor, a roster, and any sort of hope continues for the New York Knickerbockers. It's bad. And why is David Griffin wanting to bring in his own staff and now a report coming out that he part of him coming in was wanting to get rid of assistant GM Allen Houston? Why is that all a bad thing? Allen Houston was a great Nick. We don't know what he's capable of in the front office. Steve Mills is worried about his losing his job. David Griffin is probably the top candidate out there right now that is available who is willing to come here. He wanted to bring his own coaching staff in too? Why not? What has Jeff Hornacek proven in his short time here that makes you think he's untouchable? What has Steve Mills proven that makes you think he's untouchable? What has James Dolan proven that makes you think he's untouchable? He's getting booed out of a city winery by a heckler. The Knicks are going to make people drink a whole lot of wine in this coming season. And this is a Knicks team, folks, that has taken a complete 180 in the prominent future of which basketball team in New York has the more prominent future. That was worded poorly. But what I'm trying to say is that last year, if you told me the Nets had a brighter future than the Knicks, I would send you to a psychiatric home. If you say the Knicks have a brighter future than the Nets right now, I wouldn't send you a psychiatric home, but I would say you need to check yourself. Because Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson and the Nets front office has shown us how you're supposed to run a team. They worked with almost nothing there. And they're right in this ship. They're turning this thing around. They're showing us, you know what? We could start from the bottom, but now we're going to get here. But it's we're in the middle right now. It's the process. Trust the process. Meanwhile, Knicks land. The superstars are about to go to Houston. You bring back a guy that you traded for Jaron Grant, who you also traded away, and you overpay him for $18 million a year. You have a ridiculous contract to Joakim Noah, who can't stay healthy, who may not even be ready for the start of the season. You have a big, big contract in Courtney Lee, who's been traded left and right, and who knows if the Knicks will be able to trade him. You had a frustrated superstar in Kristaps Porzingis. You bring in an unproven point guard from France who a lot of people like, and we'll see what what they get in him, but a guy who may end up being their starter. 
And it's a recipe for disaster. And I will soon have reactions for you on SNY.TV's Nick's block. So stay tuned for that. But I'm going to have to keep it real with this team. And I don't know what process there is to trust right now with the Knicks. There is no process. There's no one capable running the show. You going to go for Sam Presti? Is he going to want? I mean, if a, if a GM wants to come in and have their own staff, if the resume fits the bill, I don't see the problem with it. And suddenly the Knicks have a problem with it. What is working for you guys right now? Why not let him run the show? That's the right thing to do. Instead, the search continues. And the search is continuing. The search is continuing mid-free agency as names are just slipping off the board left and right. I mean, every day a new guy is signed. And the Knicks are stuck with nothing. The Knicks' big free agency signing all summer, man, up being Tim Hardaway, and that is about it. With the money going around in the NBA these days, with Drew Holiday getting $25 million, with James Harden now having an average of $42 million a year, with Steph Curry getting 35 to $40 million a year, I mean, the money that's floating around, I don't see the Knicks getting anything. Otto Porter just got $25 million. Caldwell Pope might get $20 million. I don't see what the Knicks are going to end up with. And as I said, you look at the other side of the spectrum and the Nets are doing what they have to do. Sean Marks is doing what he has to do. They trade away Justin Hamilton, who's really a nobody, to the Raptors for Damari Carroll, who will be their new probably starting small forward, a good player, who's owed $30 million over the next two years. The Nets can eat that because they have money available to eat following the trade of Brooke Lopez. They have salary to eat that for two years. And they know these next two years they're not going to be relevant. But they're making themselves interesting. They're building assets. Those assets include them also getting a 2018 first round pick and a second round pick. That's what we call a fleecing. You get two picks and Carroll for Justin Hamilton. Put the money aside because the two years, the 15 million a year, okay, whatever. The Nets have the room to eat that. And it's not like Carroll is an inept player. He's a guy who's going to put up 12 and 6. I mean, he's not going to put up great numbers. But he's a serviceable serviceable player that's going to play alongside D'Angelo Russell and Timofey Mozgov. And all of a sudden, the Nets are an intriguing team these next couple of years to watch as they build for the future. The Nets putting together assets again that they lost when Billy King was in town. And remember, the Celtics again will have the Nets' first-round pick next year. But after that, it gets a little bit more of a smooth sailing. And with Sean Marks at the helm, he's on the marks. That's punny, but he's on the marks. And marks we trust in Brooklyn. And you know there's not a ton of loyal Nets fans. Pat here is a loyal Nets fan. There aren't a ton of them. But I'll say you have to trust what the Nets are doing versus what the Knicks are doing right now. I don't know if I trust what the Rockets are doing 
Because why extend James Harden now? He gets a four-year, $228 million extension. He'll make over half a million dollars per game. He already had two years left on his deal. This deal will keep him here through the 2022-2023 season. Why? Of all the players to extend this early, why James Harden? The same James Harden on the night they were eliminated from the playoffs where he played like dog duty. He was out of the club, multiple clubs, hours later. Like he didn't care because he knows he's rich. Now this guy is becoming the richest player in the league who's known as kind of, I don't want to say a selfish player, but he's known as a guy who doesn't, he's not going to outwork some other people. He's not going to be the hardest working player in the league. He might be the best scorer or one of the best scorers, but he's not going to outwork some of these guys. And why would he now? The Rockets are stuck with him until the Rock is our president in 2023. I mean, they're stuck with him until Trump's gone. I mean, he's going to last through the next presidency too. He's going to be here through the whole Trump presidency and then the whole whoever's next presidency. That's nuts. I don't know. I understand he's a star, but why now? Why not see, especially if you get mellow, why not wait to extend him after this year? See what the Rockets got. See if they can maybe take down the Warriors. They won't, but see if you it happens. I think you had to put the pieces together before handing this guy the keys to the car for six years now. I just think it's a little ludicrous to throw around that kind of money. But, hey, this is the NBA today. Everyone's making a ton. The Wizards match the Nets offer sheet. And as I said before, which I didn't mention, actually, the Nets, they're playing a game of cards. Offer sheet to Crab, didn't get him. Offer sheet to Porter, didn't get him. But now Porter is staying with Washington, and now the Nets can get Caldwell Pope. So Mark is playing his cards here, and he knows what he's doing. Some other NBA news. Jamal Crawford signs a two-year, $8.9 million deal with the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are having a really nice offseason. Wiggins. Um, why is the name Wiggins uh, Carl Towns I don't know how I forgot about that Jimmy Butler Jeff Teague now you throw Jamal Crawford in there as well Timberwolves are doing some nice things and I know Pat is team Timberwolves for life in terms of their future and being bright and they, they're going to have a nice year they, they could slide into that playoff race and I can't tell you what the playoff race is going to be in the West right now because literally every player is going to the West. It's nuts. The Paul George trade, and I was out last week, so we're catching up on some things. Paul George to the Thunder. I mean, that was like a, a knuckleball coming at you. Where did that come from? For Sabonis and Oladipo, what a deal for the Thunder. And yet another star going West. The Kings, along with their great draft, they go out and add Zach Randolph, who's going to have his number retired by the Grizzlies. I mean, that has to be a ticket-selling plot because why sell a guy to retire a guy's number while he's still in the league playing for a team that you're going to be going up against 
who you're going to be chasing for a playoff spot. I mean, come on now. The Kings have had a – they're going to be interesting. I mean, them getting rid of Cousins may have been the best thing to ever happen to them because their future looks awfully bright with their draft. You bring in a veteran, too, and Vince Carter there makes them that, that a little intriguing. You team up Randolph and Carter, former teammates. The Cavaliers signed Jeff Green, a one-year $2.3 million veteran deal. Loved the deal for them. The Pistons acquired Avery Bradley in a second-round pick from the Celtics for Marcus Morris. The Celtics did that to clear the cap space in order to make the 4th of July drop of the Haynes bomb. Chris Haynes with the early report, everyone refuted him and said, oh, you're wrong, it's not official yet. Listen to Woj, and Haynes is right before all y'all. Haynes bomb. How is he not teamed up with Haynes underwear? Hopefully he continues to grow. Um, so that could be some form of sponsorship. But Hayward to the Celtics forms a mini super team in Boston with Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford. They have pieces there. They're going to be a legit team with the Cavs that might take them into a deep series now. I wouldn't call you nuts to say the Celtics would beat the Cavs in a playoff series. I don't think it will happen, but they're right in the cusp. And again, they'll have a pick next year. All this despite Markel Fultz Fultz spraining his ankle, and he'll miss the rest of Summer League. I mean, what is it with the Sixers, man? The Sixers just can't get through Summer League without an injury, these guys. Every year, it's a new young player getting hurt. Simmons, Fultz, Embiid. It's nuts. The Pacers signed Boyan Bogdanovich to a two-year, $21 million deal. And the Spurs, with a steal of a deal, signing Rudy Gay to a two-year, $17 million deal. Think about that. Rudy Gay is making $8.5 million. Tim Hardaway is making $17.75 million. That's crazy when you think about it. It really is. It's a a scary world of NBA free agency out there. The Sixers, I mean, it's like everyone has gone west. Who is left in the east? Listen, let's, let's quickly go through the east here. Boston and Cleveland up top, we know. Toronto, you could say they're still a good team. Washington, you still say they're pretty good. Atlanta, they don't got nothing. Milwaukee... They're a 500 team. Indiana, no Paul George. They got nothing. Chicago, no Butler, no Ronda. They got nothing. Miami, nothing. Detroit, nothing. Charlotte, nothing. I mean, Charlotte actually has, a, has had a decent offseason. The Knicks, nothing. Orlando, nothing. Philly will be a little more interesting, but uh, maybe. I mean, outside of those first four, I mean, look at it. This is the standings from last season. Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Washington, clear cut for there. But 5 through 15, who do you got? Everyone is leaving. Atlanta's not going to be good. Milwaukee's going to be the same. Indiana's not going to be good. 
Chicago's not going to be good. Miami will not be good. Detroit will not be good. Charlotte will be a little bit better than last year. The Knicks will not be good. They might get worse from a 31-51. Orlando will not be good. Philadelphia might be 31 to maybe 35 wins. They had 28 last year. Brooklyn had 20 wins last year. They might win 25. You might see them improve a little bit. Because their roster wasn't good. And you think they've made enough moves to maybe be a 25-win team this year. But 5 through 15 are not good basketball teams. Like, I'm talking about teams that would not beat the Warriors if they played them 10 times. It might take them 11-plus times to beat them. That's how bad they are. And then we go to the West, and even the teams that weren't in the playoffs are getting better. We go through the West. Golden State, we know they're great. San Antonio, they get Rudy Gay. They're going to be good. Houston, they have CP3, Harden, and likely soon they'll have Melo. They're going to be great. The Clippers, they lose CP3. They're not going to be great, but they still have pieces there. Because they did get Danilo Gallinari, I remember. They did just sign Milos Tadosic, the Serbian, who's 30 years old, so he's ready. They won't be great. Utah, they lose Hayward, but there are still some good young pieces there where they won't be a top five team, but you could see them making the playoffs. Oklahoma City adds Paul George. They're going to get better. Memphis, they they might regress a little bit. Portland's going to be the same. Denver adds Paul Millsap. You figure they're going to be around the same. New Orleans, probably the same. Dallas, probably the same. Sacramento, I think they're going to get better. I love what they have done this offseason. They're going to be improved. Minnesota's going to be improved from 31 wins. The Lakers with Brooke Lopez and Lonzo Ball, you might think are going to be better than 26 wins. And Phoenix at 24, uh, they'll probably be the same. But those teams at the middle to bottom in the Western Conference all pretty much got better, a lot of them, because everyone from the East is going West. And why at this point do you go West? The inevitable is going to happen. You're going to lose to the Warriors. So why is everyone doing it? Go to the East where you're guaranteed a five seed if you're bad. It's unbelievable. The parity in the league, man, is just loss. It really is. It's unfortunate. A lot is changing in the NBA circle. Just so much. Also in NBA news, how about Trey Burke? No one wants to play in Utah, said the former Jazz guard. He said they just burned their All-Stars jersey. I mean, come on. And how about the video of them burning the jersey where they said, go be LeBron's little B-word. They literally said little B-word. And that is the most Utah burning of a jersey ever. Not even cursing (laughs) in it. Like, it's so Utah. I mean, it's just too friendly. Gotta love Utah, man. Never been. Never been to Utah. But my mom went there, I believe, for a scrapbook festival, though. I'll say she went scrapbooking there. 
we're gonna end on facebook live because this has gotten ridiculous now um, <laughs> um but i don't know if i'd ever take like a vacation to utah would you would you ever go to utah for like a vacation family vacation to utah no yeah if you ski, yeah. I mean, I'm not a skier. Yeah, I would tear my ACL skiing. This is the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, and Spotify. Make sure you follow me at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And make sure you check out the Crew Sports app, K-R-O-O, sports news, trivia, and rewards app where you can redeem credits for free tickets to sporting events. It's so simple. It comes up in your news feed, and you can click through the full article, but who has time for that? Bite-sized summaries are what we're talking about these days. Our freaking, our freaking attention spans are so little that these little summaries have current historical trivia to test your sports knowledge and help you win crew credits and the more news you consume the more trivia questions credits free tickets are what you'll receive and who doesn't like those and the crew sports offers tickets to all four major sports nba nfl mlb nhl so every fan is covered new users will get 2500 credits download it in your app store today but listeners of the Jake Brown Show can earn extra 1,000 credits by entering the code Jake, J-A-K-E. Just enter Jake in the labeled section, free credits, after you download. And look at that, boom, bang, bing, 3,500 credits. For more information, visit their site, The Crew, K-R-O-O.com, or just search for Crew Sports in the mobile app store. That's Crew, K-R-O-O Sports. Crew Sports, news, trivia, free tickets. I love free tickets. Um, and I'll probably get a lot of free tickets to Mets games coming up because... This second half is turning into a wash. Do they become sellers? And I talked with Pat about this, that this weekend kind of means something. Not really. The 10.5 out. If they do sweep the Rockies at 7.5, maybe that changes your outlook. I mean, this is just me being super optimistic. If they get swept, it's over. Sell, sell, sell. If they lose 2 out of 3, sell. If you win 2 out of 3, eh. I guess it depends what you do against the Cardinals. But at this point, it looks like they're going to be sellers, and they're just waiting for the market to be right, the market to hit, and teams to get desperate. It's still semi-early. We usually see deals that final week, the 24th to 31st kind of is when we'll see more action. You're not going to see a lot right now. But for the Mets, Granderson's going to be on the table. Cabrera's going to be on the table. Reyes might be if anyone wants him. Bruce, Reed. Duda, I mean, I would love for them to trade Duda and just have the, the Mets really. If if they if they want to make things interesting for fans in terms of sure you being out of it, but hey, I'll watch. You have Rosario up, you have Smith up. You trade Duda, you trade Cabrera, because I don't know if anyone really trade anything for Reyes at this point. But you have uh, Rivera, you have Rosario at short, you have. Smith at first, and you see what you got in those kids. That might make people want to at least see the young guys. And then September, I'm sure we'll see Tebow. <laughs> you know Tebow's probably going to sell tickets in September. But I see them becoming sellers. 
Back to the Summer League, by the way. I wanted to talk about that because the hype for Lonzo Ball was unfreaking believable. I mean, it was nuts. The standing ovation and LeVar Ball has really caused him to be this iconic figure. And now all eyes on me. All eyes on Lonzo. Everyone's watching. And why not? The kid goes down his first game. He throws a clunker. He gets five points. He wasn't very good. Next night, he puts up a triple-double. But it's summer league. And people are writing him off after one game. The hype is real. And while I hate his dad and I hate people interviewing him, what he has created is unbelievable. Because let's be realistic. Throw LeVar Ball out of the picture. Does Lonzo have this hype? Not a chance in the world. There isn't a chance in the world that Lonzo is being talked about like he is and being watched as he is in every summer league game and the cameras cutting to LeVar as it is if it wasn't for LeVar. And Lonzo's talented. It's not like LeVar has put any talent in the kid. I mean, he helped him be born. And he maybe helped him, taught him when he was younger, along with his brothers who are going to be NBA bound down the road. And now the, the brothers are getting that feel of just this Hollywood lifestyle. And TMZ following them. You see TMZ following LeVar at the airport. And LaMelo's there. I mean, you gotta, you got to think they're loving it. They're getting the Uber XL, the Escalade in there. Living large. But without the hype of his father, this is just a Laker that has talent that's going to be watched, but not going to have a microscope on him on every game that he plays. And it comes with the territory. And there's two sides of the fence here. It's the side of the fence that's rooting for him to lose because of LeVar Ball, because you hate him, because he's annoying, because he's like a, it's a whole wrestling skit out of him. And he just doesn't shut his mouth. What he said to Christine Lehigh, big baller brand, always wearing the big baller brand gear to get in front of a camera. Self-promotion, promo, shameless plugs left and right. And then you have the side of the basketball fan. Who wants to see him succeed? And uh, throw Lakers fans aside, because of course they're rooting for him. And of course they're eating this all up. But throw Laker fans out of the window. Let's just talk about a basketball fan. There's a side that hates him. And then there's that side who says, you know what? I want to root for this guy. He could be that next level of talent. He's a great distributor. I mean, you saw the night of the triple-double. Some of the passes were making, he was Jason Kidd-esque. And that's the comparison he's got. This kid could dish the rock. He's got a pretty good jumper despite it being a terrible form that in the NBA, if he doesn't create space, he will get rejected a lot. He's got to create space to get those three-pointers up, which he did in the second game. Only scored 11 points, though. But you can see that this kid can dish the rock, and that's the side you root for. It's the side you root for of, you know what, this could be maybe the next NBA All-Star. He's not the next LeBron or Jordan. But with the hype he's getting and his own basketball shoe, uh, shoe brand, big baller brand, all this all this stuff behind the scenes, the fact that he could rap, there's a side that's rooting for him too. And I'm kind of on the fence, but I want, I'm rooting for him to do well. I'm not the kind that wants him to like tear his ACL and see LeVar cry. 
I want to be the one that roots for him to do well and just not have to hear like Lavar just is less annoying when he does well because Lavar is soaking this up now. But if one, if Lonzo does bad, I, he's gonna be quiet. If he does good, I think he should also be quiet because then Lonzo could take care of business. Lonzo could make sales for that big bar brand. Lonzo can run the show, not Lavar. Lavar can run it now because Lonzo hasn't got the true chance to speak for himself on the court. But once he does get that chance to speak for himself on the court, when the end of October hits and they tip off that ball for opening night, then it's the Lonzo Ball show. And once we see what this kid has got, and if he does, he's good. Lavar will take a shot down the totem pole, and we just won't talk about him like we are now, because it's every day is the headline with Lavar. And let's let's just hope he does well. And let's hope him doing well means less LeVar. Let's not hope for Lonzo to not do good. LeVar shuts up and everyone laughs in the family's face. Because I, I like watching the kid play. And I like seeing him throw these fancy passes and that funky shot. It's like whenever I like Sean Marion shooting. Sean Marion had that funky delivery. You can make it work if you're a great, great player. And... I mean, word on the street is Lonzo's a great player. And what his dad has created for him is the whole other side of it. The businessman side. The shoe. The autographs. The family. The legacy. The brothers. He's created all this other stuff. But Lonzo's got to take care of business. This is the Jake Brown Show. Played out at iTunes, Spotify. We're talking NBA. We're talking baseball. And let's switch over to baseball here. I want to go through each team and give everyone a grade on the first half of the season. And who's done better than we thought? Who's done worse? Let's start with the American League East here. First place, the Boston Red Sox at 50-39. and 39. Started off bad, and now... They've showed us why I picked them to go to the World Series. The other team I picked, you know, was unfortunately the Mets. And that's not working out too well. But I really still think the Red Sox will do it. Despite the Astros there at 60 wins, and the first time in baseball history that two teams have had 60-plus wins going into the break since 1969. And when that happened, it was the Orioles and it was the Cubs. And if you remember correctly, the Orioles played the Mets in the 1969 World Series. The Cubs had an epic collapse that allowed the Mets to get to the playoffs and get to the World Series. And what happened? The Mets beat the Cubs in the World Series to capture their first World Series championship as the Miracle Mets in 1969. They won four games to one over the Baltimore Orioles and one of the most memorable teams ever and a team that became the lovable losers to the winners. The lovable losers to the Miracle Mets in 69. That's, That's just a history lesson. The Red Sox, I'll give them a B plus. I think we all expected them to be in first. It took a longer, a little bit longer than we thought. Chris Sale has been great. David Price is back. Craig Kimball has been great. But it took a little bit longer than we thought. So for that, I'm going to give them a B plus. And I think they still have room to even get better. 
and Chris Sale will start the All-Star game for the American League. But I think offensively, the Red Sox can be a little more consistent. Mookie Betts has been great. Pedroia has been hitting for average, but not power. Chris Sale has been great. And Kimbrell has been dominant. But it took them a little while, so for that I'll give them a B plus. Second place, the Yankees are 45 and 41, three and a half games back. They're struggling lately, but who would have thought the Yankees would be in the race, honestly? So for that fact, I'll give them a B because right now they're regressing and they may end up becoming sellers. But no one had the Yankees down at first place in into June. They were in first place in June, and it's impressive. There is a chance the Yankees are buyers here at the deadline, and Aaron Judge has been great. I'm giving them a B just because of how bad they've been recently. But if you asked me this a couple weeks ago, they'd probably get an A, the Yankees. In third place, the Tampa Bay Rays. Easily an A for me. 47 and 43. You would have been, I would have been said you're crazy to say the Rays would be in the race right now. And they are. Corey Dickerson has been incredible. Evan Longoria has been great. Steven Souza has come out of nowhere to be good. Logan Morrison is having a career year, despite him being a little bit of a crybaby for one, not getting the All-Star game, not getting the home run derby. He's got 24 homers. The pitching for the Rays has been solid. Odorizzi's been solid. Cobb has been solid. Archer's been solid. Matt Andrees has been solid. Cologne has 25 saves on the year. The Rays get an A from me because not a super talented roster, but three and a half out of the playoffs. The Baltimore Orioles... I give them a C. They're four games under. A lot of people thought they would at least be 500. Probably not a playoff team, but they'd be 500. I remember the wild card race in the American League is not, it's tight, but it's teams that are 500 or a little under. It's the same with the National League. After those top two teams, we're talking just around 500. And the Rays right now are in the second wild card spot with the Yankees. That shows you that the American League is very top-heavy. You have the division leaders, and then the teams after that, are, I mean, the records aren't good. I mean, we'll see that change, I'm sure, here in the second half, but not great. Toronto, 41-47. and 47. I give them a D. They have just been a disaster for a team that I thought would be right there in the playoff race, and they're very lucky that no one has been that good in the wild card race that they're still in the wild card race at 41 and 47. They're only five games out of the wild card, despite them being terrible. Donaldson's been bad. Batista can't hit. Their pitching has sucked outside of Stroman. I mean, horrible job by the Blue Jays. Yet, five games back of the wild card to the central we go. Cleveland is 47 and 40 in first place. Give them a B minus. 
I think they're a much better team than that record shows. They've struggled in the first half. At home, they're 21 and 24, while 26 and 16 on the road is not playing well in front of their home fans. Carlos Carrasco has been tremendous. But I think the Indians are a better team than that. So I'll give them a B minus. The Twins at 45 and 43. Easily. Easily. An A-plus for me on the Minnesota Twins. This was a Twins team that should have been in last place. And Miguel Sano is just leading this team to the promised land. The Minnesota Twins at the All-Star break. Two and a half out of the division. A game out of the wild card. Are you kidding me? Who in their right mind would have guessed that from the Twins? Not me. Not a shot in the world. Sano's been good. Santana's been good. I mean, the Twins are really getting just... I mean, Max Kepler has come out of nowhere. Sano's 21-62. and 62. He's going to be in the home run derby. Irvin Santana's got a sub-3 RA and 10 wins. Brandon Kinsler has 24 saves and has been a great closer for them. Props to the Twins. They get an A-plus from me because I never saw this coming. The Kansas City Royals in third place at 44 and 43. Three games back. I think this is right around where we saw them. I'll give them a B. Eric Hosmer has been terrific. Salvador Perez has been good. And Mike Moustakis is hitting the cover off the ball. with the, the Royals franchise record for home runs is 38 with George Brett. Moustakis with 14 more would top that. An impending free agent. And a guy that the Mets will probably have their on their radar to start at third base next season if they could snag him. Although the Royals are probably going to make a hell of an effort to bring him back. But the most impressive part of the Royals, hands down, Jason Vargas. 12 wins, a sub-3 RA. This was a guy who was labeled as a Solid middle of rotation pitcher. This guy is an ace this season and is a Cy Young candidate in the American League. I mean, that's not me exaggerating. That's just a fact. He's a Cy Young candidate. Tight race in the Central. The Pistons. Uh, the Pistons. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers are thirty nine and forty eight. They're eight games out. Got to give them a D plus. They have just been. Horrible in the first half. Miguel Cabrera has been terrible. I mean, the guy's hitting 260. Their team leader and average is Justin Upton at 265, 15 and 54. Cabrera's been bad. I mean, Fulmer's been impressive with nine wins and a three RA. But Miguel Cabrera's been bad. And when Justin Upton's leading the team at 265, your offense is a just disgrace. In last place, the White Sox, probably right around where we expected them. I give them a D plus too. There hasn't been much to watch with the Chicago White Sox this year. Avisel Garcia has surprised us all. He's been really good. But you know you're in trouble when your ERA leader is Jose Quintana at 4.49. Anytime your leading ERA guy has over four ERA, it's going to be a long season. So White Sox get a D. In the West, the Astros, A+. What a season this team is having. Jose Altuve is just being Jose Altuve, hitting almost 350. George Springer's got 27 homers. Correa's got 45 RBS. Everybody is contributing 
for the Astros. They've gotten a great first half from Lance McCullers. Dallas Keuchel was pitching incredible before he landed on the DL, and he'll return within a couple of weeks here. The Astros, who were, I believe, 10-1 to favorites to win the World Series. Now I believe 9-2. to So they've jumped as really the favorite to win it all. And why not? A-plus on the Astros. What a season. 60-29. and 29. Who would have thought? 33-11 and 11 on the road. Somebody stop them. The Angels are in second. And my God, the Astros will not have another important game until October. This division is just a disgrace. 16 and a half games back. The NL East is laughing at the AL West. And that is saying something. Because in the NL East, the second place team is the Braves at 42 and 45. And they're nine and a half back. So the AL West is over. The Astros have that one. The Angels, I'll give them a C plus. No one expected them to be good. Um, Simmons has had a nice year. Pujols hit number 600. Their pitching has just been a disgrace. Another team where you look at their leading ARA guy, it's J.C. Ramirez at 4-4-6. The Rangers at 43-45. and 45. Man, I thought they would be right here. And the conversation is one of the best teams in the league. And where are they? They're under 500 and just holding on for a wild card spot potentially. It's got to be a C-minus for the Texas Rangers. What a bad job they've done. Seattle Mariners, 43-47. and 47. Expected them to be better, but everyone in that rotation has got hurt at some point. The Mariners have had n- no luck with the injury on the injury front. And Ariel, you know it's the case when Ariel Miranda is their leader. I'll give them a C. And Oakland A's 39-50, probably right around where they expected them. I'll give them a C as well. NL East, we go. The Washington Nationals are 52-36. and I'm going to give them a B minus, and that is because their bullpen has just been a natural disaster. I mean, it's it's just implodes every night. Luckily for them, Ryan Zimmerman is having a career year. Daniel Murphy is doing what he does best, hitting 342. Max Scherzer has been terrific. But when you see your leading saves guy as Coda Glover with eight on the season. You have to make a move. And they're getting a B-minus because they haven't made it yet. And you think before the trade deadline, they're going to go after someone like David Robertson or some kind of pitcher. Because K-Rod on a minor league deal ain't going to cut it for you. So the Nationals offense has been lights out. The the top half of the rotation with Strasburg and Scherzer and Geo has been lights out. But the second half of the rotation and the bullpen, not been good. And the Nationals are lucky they're in the NL East where the second-place team is the Atlanta Braves, who I give a B-plus because how the hell are the Braves right there at three games under five hundred in second place with Bartolo Colon getting cut and having the worst ERA in the majors for a starter? They've been terrific. And Matt Kemp has regressed, yet they're still finding ways to win games. And CRT's been good. Freeman's back, and he's playing third base now. Ari Dickey. Over the last month has been awesome. The Braves aren't going to do anything, but the fact that they're there in second place, and I know the division's bad, so it's not saying a lot, but the fact they have they're only three games under is remarkable to me. With how bad their pitching staff looked, how bad their bullpen looked. 
They've been great. Miami Marlins 41 and 46, 10 and a half games out. Give them a C plus. I think that's right around where we thought they'd be. We thought they'd be hovering a little under 500. For them, it's been the Marcelo Zuna show who was having a career year. And Dan Straley, who's been terrific for them. The Mets, you know, 39 and 47. Got to give them a D. I mean, you're as close to an F as you can get. With the talent the Mets have, and I know they've battled in injuries, with the talent that they have and on paper going into the year, I wasn't the only one saying they were going to be the favorite to go to the World Series. I mean, Bob Nightingale came on the show and said the Mets will play the Red Sox, which is what I said. And he said the Mets will win the World Series. And we both look like idiots on the Mets front. Red Sox, I think, will still happen. But this team has just continued to disappoint, so they get a D because there's just so much more talent, even with the injuries right now, than eight games under 500. The Philadelphia Phillies, you get an F at 29 and 58. We knew they'd be bad, but even their young guys are doing nothing for them. There's been nothing positive to look at when you look at these Philadelphia Phillies. If you're a Phillies fan, you knew it would be a rebuild, but you hoped you saw something from your young guys. And they just haven't gotten it. Aaron Altair has been okay. He's been a guy to look at. But outside of him, there's been nothing good. The pitching's been bad. The bullpen's been bad. The offense has not been good. Philly's all around terrible. Easily an F on that front. National League Central, we go where the Milwaukee Brewers are getting an A+. plus Because if you said the Milwaukee Brewers would be five and a half games up in the Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals at the All-Star break, I'd call you crazy. They're 50-41. and 41. Eric Thames has been awesome to watch. Travis Shaw is having a career year, making the Red Sox front office vomit everywhere. Domingo Santana has been good. Zach Davies and Jimmy Nelson are having good years, and Corey Knievel has is a strikeout machine in the back end of the bullpen. They have found a diamond in the rough with him. 170 RA. I know he blew the game against the Yankees the other day, but 75 strikeouts in 42 innings. The guy is striking out almost two guys an inning. That's unheard of in baseball today. Really unheard of. So the the Brewers get an A+. The Cubs, C-. World Series hangover? 43 and 45. Five and a half games out right now. It has been a disaster with the Cubs pitching staff. John Lester got rocked yesterday. Chris Bryant is our leading hitter at 269. I mean, the bullpen, the bullpen hasn't been good. I mean, and all around, the Cubs have been a major, major disappointment. C minus there. The Cardinals, I give a C. Another disappointment. Two games under. A team that's always in it. That just has struggled, man. Offense has not been really that good. Wainwright's been super inconsistent. Leak and Lynn have been solid, and Carlos Martinez but too much inconsistency from the St. Louis Cardinals, not enough offensive firepower, unless they play the Mets, of course, and what low hang or whatever his name was, hits homers left and right. Pittsburgh 42 and 47, they're a C2, because everyone thought they'd be better than that record. They thought they'd be in the race. Ivan Nova has been the guy there, but Garrett Cole has been a major disappointment, and their bullpen has not been good either. And there's just not any firepower coming from that offense. The Reds at 39-49. Give us 
C plus because Zach Cozart's been good and Scott Feldman has been good. And Billy Hamilton's got 38 steals and Joey Votto's been great. But they're the last place right where we thought they'd be. To the West, the Dodgers, got to give them an A+. plus. The best record in baseball right now. They're cruising. And not only Clayton Kershaw might win another Cy Young, but Alex Wood is having the year of his life just undefeated, a sub-two area. I mean, this guy is doing everything. The lineup, Cody Bellinger, has been remarkable. Corey Seager's been great. Chris Taylor's come out of nowhere to be great at shortstop and fill in nicely. The Dodgers are cruising, and they look like the World Series favorites in the National League. The Arizona Cardinals get an A because if you said they were 53-36, and 36, I'd call you crazy, and they are. In the first wild card spot. There might be a home game in Arizona in a wild card game. That division is going to be won by the Dodgers, of course. But that wild card spot, Arizona and Colorado pretty much dominating the field. There's no race behind them. The first team is seven and a half back, and they're under 500, and that's the Chicago Cubs. So it's going to be them too. The Rockies, I give them an A minus only because they've struggled these last couple of weeks and have come back down to life. But they have been very good, and they were a sleeper team that we all talked about coming into the year. Maybe they could be a sleeper team, and they have been. 52 and 39. Charlie Blackman's been awesome. Nolan Arenado's doing his thing. Mark Reynolds has been good. This guy, Kyle Freeland, has been really good. Almost threw a no-hitter. Went into the ninth inning with a no-hitter. Greg Holland has come back to life after an injury. Give them an A-. minus. The San Diego Padres, 38-50, and 50, 22 games out. And we all thought they wouldn't be very good. They give them a D plus. And the San Francisco Giants easily get an F from me. 34 and 56. This team is just, they're a better team than that. And they have just been terrible. All around, across the board, terrible. They get an F. So midseason, if I had to say, I'm going to say Dodgers Red Sox would be my pick. I just think the Dodgers rotation in a playoff series, and you mix Kenley Jansen at the back end of the bullpen, I don't see the Nationals beating them. And, man, I still think the Cubs will turn it around, but they better hurry. Because, I mean, your thought is that the Brewers will regress here. But, man, the Brewers in the playoffs would be nuts. Would be the biggest surprise in baseball if the Brewers won the Central. A division that was talked about between the Pirates, Cubs, and Cardinals won by the Brewers would be nuts. This is the Jake Brown Show played on iTunes, Spotify as we wrap up here in a minute or two. Coming up on the show this week, Rick Peterson will be our guest tomorrow as he tells the story behind Victor Zambrano and the toxic situation in New York towards his end of his days there. Rick goes off. Uh, I'd say it's a must-listen because... Uh, I don't talk much, so it's a must listen. You get to hear just Vic, Vic. Oh my, I can't, I can't say Rick. I'm getting Rick rolled. But you look at Rick Peterson and a guy who kind of got the short end of the stick at times in New York, but a guy who lets it all out in this interview, and it's very interesting to hear Rick. Check that out. We should have Constantine Maroulis, the former American Idol contestant, in studio Wednesday. Um, he's, I believe, a Broadway producer and he's a singer. Um, we'll have him do some singing. Maybe we'll have a little rap battle. Um, who knows what, what we'll get into with Constantine. Um, and more to be announced. He's a Tony-nominated dad, Broadway producer, idol rocker, he says. Rock of Ages Slayer. All About You, available now. 
Um, so that'll be interesting talking with Constantine Rulers. Everybody enjoy the home run derby. My pick. I'm going to go with the judge. I think Aaron Judge wins the home run derby. I don't like Gary Sanchez in it, too. I think that's that makes sense. I know he's got power, but he's got 13 homers this year. Let's be real. Put a guy who's in the cover off the ball. But I'll pick Judge. I might watch, honestly, just to see if Judge hits like 30. I was at the home run derby in the Yankee Stadium where Hamilton hit 28. So I'll, I'll go with Judge. I'll say... I'll say the National League wins the All-Star game. Hip, hip, hooray. Who cares? Thanks, everybody, for listening to Jake Brown Show. Rate us five stars and review on iTunes or subscribe on Spotify and check us out at play.it slash Jake Brown. Download the Crew Sports app. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram, Jake Brown Radio, and check out the show at Jake Brown Show. A podcast coming all week. Enjoy them. We'll talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.